Hi there everyone, uh, so nice to be speaking to you from Finchley today. Um, I was going to begin today by saying I'm new to St Luke's, uh, but I'm not really. Uh, I've been coming for the past three or four years, uh, on and off, more regularly uh, in the recent year before uh, lockdown. Um, you might have seen me doing the tea and coffees, um, in the choir, either in flesh or as a floating torso on your laptop screens. Um, sometimes I quiz, um, so you may have known me from there. But yes, I'm not, uh, I'm not new to St Luke's. I've been uh, embraced, I've been welcomed and uh, accepted by a loving community. So, thank you. But today, I want us to think about those who are outside of our communities. Now, I don't just mean uh, the community of St Luke's, I mean all of our many communities that we inhabit in our daily lives. Who are those who are outside the kingdom of God, to quote Jesus from that most famous parable of the sower? And how do we treat people on the outside? Now, the parable of the sower is a classic. When I learned about it as a child in Catholic Sunday school, I learned all about how I needed to have a fertile heart, to be ready to listen to God and to be a good Christian. Not like those by the wayside who are easily lured by the devil, and not like those stony-hearted people who are fickle and shallow, Christian when they need to be, and certainly not like the thorny-hearted ones who care about money and worldly things. No, no, no. I didn't want to be like them. They were the sort of people to define myself against. Not long after learning all this, I did my first Holy Communion. Had some bread and wine for a few years. Then, at around 13, I went on the confirmation retreat. There, I argued with the priests about all sorts. The Big Bang, evolution, the Crusades, homophobia, general intolerance. Yes, I was a bit of an annoying child. But one of the things that I was frustrated with was this sort of us-them inside-outside dichotomy that we get a glimpse of in the parable of the sower. Why does Jesus differentiate between the disciples and those who are on the outside? Now, disappointed with the priest's responses, not that I was asking those precise questions, I decided Christianity wasn't for me. And I was fine with that. For about 10 years, I saw Christianity as a self-congratulatory club of sanctimonious do-gooders who defined themselves against people they saw as bad. At university, I befriended an anthropologist, with whom I had many conversations about religion. We talked of religion as a universal human construct, something hardwired into humanness. At the same time, I was reading the Bible as a literary text for my degree in English literature. For my master's degree in medieval studies, 
I immersed myself in rich and beautiful Christian poetry. I then went on to do a PhD, exploring the human yearning for unknowable things, in particular alchemy and the Philosopher's Stone. Now, what's all this got to do with being on the outside? Well, I thought, that in Christian terms, that I was on the outside. I had this sort of academic fascination with Christianity. I was analysing it from afar. I'd fallen in love with it. It's poetry, it's art, it's mystics, shout out to Julian of Norwich. And uh, what I saw as its beneficial channeling of a fundamental human yearning. I was struck by its profound message of radical love. Now, of course, it could have been any religion, right? I just so happened to be rooted in the Christian tradition. But here was the thing, here was the rub, if you will. I didn't believe in it, in the virgin birth, the miracles, the resurrection, in this bearded image of God I'd held on to from childhood. To use the words of Emmanuel Carrere in his short-lived Born Again fervour, I didn't believe the simple fact that Christ was the truth and the life. So I stayed on the outside. Then, because I lived down the road and not much more, I walked into St Luke's, a place of inclusivity defined by welcoming people from the outside, and each week I got a space to breathe, to think about the people in my life and the world who need attention and love, to challenge myself about how I can go about things better, to learn to redefine my image of God, to be part of a diverse community that listens, and to see that this inside-outside dichotomy only really existed in my head. That we're all part of one big community. Which, as a straight, white, cisgender man, is easy for me to say. But of course for some, the inside-outside dichotomy is all too real. This ordinary time, we're thinking of how we can avoid going back to ordinary time, as it were. We're trying to envision a new heaven and a new earth, a holy city in the vein of John's revelation. Who are we welcoming into that city with open arms? and who might struggle for citizenship. I'd like us to take a couple of seconds now to think about who might not feel and who might not be welcome at St Luke's, at your dinner tables, at your workplace, on your streets. When you say us or we, who sits outside of that? Now, you may have placed People there by choice. People who we define ourselves against. I'm confident that we would put racists, homophobes, climate change deniers and bigots of all manner in this category. But we may have placed people on the outside through neglect. 
does your us or we speak in a certain way? Have a particular sense of humour? Set of political beliefs? Gender? Ethnicity? Now here's that big question again. How do we treat those on the outside? Sometimes we might want to keep them on the outside. I mean, in a way, Jesus gives us the thumbs up in Mark chapter 4. But I do wonder whether there is a possibility of holding true to our values, sticking up for what's right, whilst also acknowledging, to borrow those most powerful words of Jacinda Ardern, that they are us too. Which, to be fair to him, is sort of Jesus' main thing throughout the rest of the Gospels.